On this episode of AW360, I speak with Tom Hyde, VP of Strategy at Movers and Shakers. Tom discusses all things social and community, including how authenticity is a boon for apps like Be Real, the prioritization of positivity, and why anonymity and privacy are less about data and more about freedom of expression. I hope you enjoy this episode. Tom Hyde, welcome to the AW360 podcast. I'm so pleased to have you on today. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Richard. It's great to be here. So you're VP of Strategy at Movers and Shakers. Tell us, the uninitiated, a little bit about Movers and Shakers and your role there. Excellent question. So Movers and Shakers, we're a, a digital and social agency. We're totally remote. Um, so have a little over 100 people scattered all across the country and really at the core of it, we're on a mission to spread joy and to connect brands to culture, which is a pretty fun thing to be able to do, to kind of show up to work and to be able to hopefully put a little bit of positivity out into the world and to really continually mine, understand, ideate and create new sort of creative ideas based off what we're seeing in culture um, and seeing sort of how people are changing their behaviors and changing how they see the world and and act within it. And my role as head of strategy, I love working hand in hand, arm in arm with the creative team to sort of understand culture, consumers, platforms and the brands, anything that's like super exciting and like that kind of aha moment that might get us to something new, something innovative, a new kind of creative idea that we can bring to our clients. And so that's really what my team works on, trying to understand the world to create things that are more engaging, more effective, more exciting, and, and hopefully a little bit new that people want to watch and people want to engage with. Well, the prompt at the head of the notes I have for you is a sentence that I read and I'm hopeful for, but I also, the, the I don't know, the part-time skeptic in me is kind of giggles, okay? And that sentence is, the future of social media has never been brighter. And I would love to hear why that is in your mind. And so I've been doing social media in one shape or another for sort of 15 years since it really the early days. I've worked with forums and bloggers and Twitterers and Instagrams and creators and influencers and the whole thing. And I feel like there was a moment there for the last couple of years and it, and it was fantastic. We all created some amazing work, but really it was focusing our energy on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And it felt like those platforms were sort of the gold standard and were always going to be around and no one was ever going to be able to outspend Mark Zuckerberg or outtweet the Twitterers. And then we've sort of seen a few chinks in their armor, so to speak. And not that I want to see the downfall of any organization. That's absolutely not what we're here for. But I think it's it's let rise and, and opened a bit of space for some new platforms that allow people to connect and to create and to express themselves in, in a few more interesting ways that isn't necessarily just posting content into a feed and battling with the algorithm to try to get more likes, more visibility and more eyeballs. And so I think anytime the, the culture shifts and might open up the opportunity for new technologies, new platforms, new ways for people to create and to connect with each other. I'm all about that and I'll, I will absolutely happily welcome it. And I feel like the last few months, years, 
through the pandemic and, and, and on, we're seeing these, these new platforms emerge that are really grounded in changing behavior and changing what people want and how they want to engage with each other. But there's some new platforms that are emerging that I'm really excited about. And we're really excited about taking our brands into these spaces. And when you think of those new platforms and the behaviors that they inspire in people, what are they and you know what are their associated behaviors? So for example, TikTok is is huge. What sort of behaviors does that inspire in people that you've seen versus something like Be Real? I think both TikTok and Be Real are really grounded in, they do share a lot of um, sort of cultural changes and reasons for them to have such popularity right now. I think particularly amongst Gen Z, they're looking for opportunities to be more authentic, to be more true to themselves, to be a little more scrappy and real, as opposed to, say, the traditional use of Instagram and, and Facebook. We're seeing a movement towards positivity and self-esteem, anonymity and privacy, like these different themes that allow us to create a bit more scrappily. It's not as curated. It doesn't have the quite the same level of sheen. You perhaps have to script an idea on TikTok, come up with something new, riff off some memes, riff off some trends, play with music. The sort of creative opportunity is, is really there and it allows people to be more expressive and be more creative. And similarly with Be Real, which is a super exciting platform for us and our clients is really the prioritization of this like spontaneity and honesty. You can't edit your photos. If you're playing by the rules of the app, you have to take a photo at a specific moment and share it out with your friends. 24 hours later, it disappears. And so you're creating these little micro moments just between you and your inner circle, you're amongst your friends that allows you to, as the name implies, be real, be more scrappy, be more true, um, and not really worry about the longevity of some of the content that you're perhaps posting out into the world. And what kind of clients are a good fit for that? I mean, that seems like something that a lot of brands would kind of shy away from. What, what are you seeing in terms of who's embracing that and what sorts of things are they doing? Yeah, you need to make sure that the brand you're working with and representing and how they might engage with a platform or, or create something new on a platform needs to be both true to the platform behaviors and what users are expecting there, but also true to the brand and hopefully is able to express and say something about the brand in a way that feels credible and feels re real to them. So actually we worked with a client and we do a lot of fantastic work with Elf Cosmetics. And they were actually the first beauty brand to go on to Be Real. So we help them navigate that space. And they've got a sort of line. It's about like real elfing beauty, real beauty, trying to be authentic, amazingly popular with teens and Gen Z. And we saw an opportunity to kind of push the boundaries and go, all right, if we're all about realness and all about authenticity, Be Real is a fantastic place for us to show up. And so it allowed us to go even further behind the behind the behind the scenes of what was happening in the ELF headquarters, allow us to go behind the scenes of some of the campaigns we were creating, allow us to do some giveaways and sort of surprise and delights, um, and really connect with a, a subset of our audience in a way that was, was really cool. I think as long as you truly understand your own brand, you understand your consumer, and you understand some of the cultural forces that are at play, 
going on to a new platform for, for brands big and small across a multitude of industries, I think if you're considerate enough and do your homework, there's probably a reason that you should, can appear and a way that you can deliver value to those platform users. And that's actually a huge, uh, hugely important thing for, for me and us and our work is how can we bring value? How can we be additive to the user's experience rather than really just trying to monetize their eyeballs or trying to sell additional product? Particularly when you're entering these new spaces, you really need to abide by the rules of the platform. You need to enhance people's experiences rather than dilute it. Interesting stuff. You know, I'd like to go back to the positivity side of this. It feels like the start of every social media platform, everything felt pretty positive. I mean, I'm old enough where I remember MySpace and the beginnings of Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Tumblr, another great example. Everything felt fresh, new, and highly positive. And I've often wondered, looking back, if that was a result of it being a fresh new platform and our nature coming to a new platform like that is to be positive. And then over time, it becomes less so to varying degrees. I mean, some of them, for me personally speaking, and it's a lot of this is who I follow, Instagram is still a highly positive place. And I'm not seeing a whole lot of negative there. I actually do a lot of my shopping there, sadly. So that's a negative to my wallet, but you know, a, whole different, a whole different topic there. But some of them are highly negative or have taken on a reputation of being negative. Do you think a lot of these new platforms, especially the ones being embraced by Gen Z, as example, are popular amongst that crowd because they want to be away from that negativity and they want a place where they can express themselves in a positive manner and then by extension are brands going to those platforms purely because of that not just because they're there but because they're going to be receptive to things like creativity which you know you're not seeing in some of the older platforms as much that's a, a super interesting point that you raise and i definitely do recall the super positive experiences that i had on myspace and friendster and bebo back in the day and I think there is something to be said that as a platform gets bigger, it maybe unfortunately reflects some of the poorer instincts and behaviors of a, a broader society. Um, mm -hmm. And we sometimes see that on, on some platforms like Twitter, for instance, and, and a few of the exclusively alt-right platforms that are stemming up. But I also think that kind of negativity can, can manifest in sort of less uh, obvious ways. And for younger people in particular, scrolling past idealized shots and celebrity images and airbrushed content can give a slightly skewed perspective on what a person should look like, how they should behave and how they should feel. And so perhaps people like you and, my, and, and me can experience that stuff and see some pretty pictures and, and kind of move on with our day. But I think when a lot of your world sort of surrounds about how you are seen predominantly online, not just in the physical space. It can really kind of shape a young person's mind and, and have a negative impact on people's mental health. And that's why I think it's so exciting to see this resurgence of Gen Z and younger consumers kind of taking positivity and taking their mental health into their own hands with a real level of maturity and intention that I don't think early social media users either needed to or knew that they could. And mm. so we're seeing examples of people um, choosing to unfollow specific accounts. And people are going onto platforms like Gas, for instance, which is a space where 
the prompts are for people to only share positive and respond to pre-written comments or superlatives that are about their friends. It's all positive. The actual app itself is designed to elicit positivity out of each other. And if you're not getting positive sort of reinforcement or comments, the app will actually surface people up. So everyone who's on it, and it's usually sort of quite popular around groups of friends that know each other in the physical space. But if you're maybe a little less popular at school, your friends will get a prompt to say something nice about you. So it's really the app itself is designed to elicit and to create positivity. And we're seeing a lot of young people really gravitate towards that. Of course, brands will find an opportunity. I think brands aren't there yet, but I'm hoping that the ethos of apps like Gas and Slay in Germany will um, ensure that only brands that are able to bring that value, to bring that positivity um, or unlock positivity within their own brand will sort of be allowed on the app or welcomed by their consumers. I'm not familiar with it, but I definitely uh, am, am keen to check it out. I, you know, I, anybody with school-aged children will, you know, obviously have a concern for this, and that's definitely me. So that's super interesting. Uh, when it comes to things like anonymity, what are the apps that still allow people to play in social in that particular pond and remain anonymous? And why are those appealing still to this day? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's so interesting that I think. As you said, those with school-aged children, their definition of kind of internet safety and perhaps anonymity is about only agreeing to certain cookies or making sure that you don't have your credit card or information online. And for a new generation, their definition of anonymity and privacy is, is really about expression. They kind of know that their logins are probably already online somewhere. And so it's about kind of being able to create this space online that they can freely ask questions, get answers, express themselves, create and connect in a way that's really private, anonymous, but still authentic, if that makes sense. And some, some of the spaces that we're really excited about, um, Discord is obviously a huge one. It really came into its own predominantly around gamers, people connecting through video games and using it as a sort of side chat or an ability to connect with each other. And now um, actually 78% of Discord users use the app for non-gaming reasons, but people predominantly have an avatar and have a username and aren't represented by their actual selves, which became the norm, that kind of real user to real profile, one-to-one -one relationship was kind of made the norm and, and in fact kind of enforced to a certain extent through Instagram and Facebook. So we're seeing Discord really take huge strides. And yeah, the other two sites that we're really excited about would be, I think, Reddit and Tumblr, which are sort of a little bit blasts from the past, but I think they're taking prominence and regaining prominence amongst a younger audience because of this opportunity to be anonymous. Both Tumblr and Reddit, you, you don't actually have your own profile you're able to post what you want, express yourself how you want, ask questions and really connect. And that's why we're seeing these platforms that may have been around for a while, but weren't necessarily prime time because of the, the general cultural forces that were at play, um, really starting to find new audiences and new users in this new time that we're in. For my last question, I'd love to know your thoughts on the metaverse. And to preface it, I'll start with my own experiences with both being social 
and the technology involved. So, you know, I've been a uh, VR dreamer for quite some time, you know, dating way, way, way back, you know, a couple decades when we were first promised this technology and fast forward to today, it's actually starting to become a, a real thing, though still not at all in that sort of Star Trek manner that everybody thought we were going to be by now. But, you know, it, it's fascinating to watch people be social within the metaverse for how sort of fragmented the experience can be. It's at times very jarring and at times very community focused. What are your thoughts on that moving forward? And is that something that is going to make, in your mind, a real play towards being a valid active social media space and, and one for brands as well to participate in, in in the years ahead? Yeah, absolutely. I think all signs are pointing towards a future where the metaverse in some way, shape or form will be really prominent in how we connect with each other, connect with com communities and connect with brands. I think the version that really takes hold will probably be unrecognizable from what we're experiencing today. And that will be through sort of technology evolution, new VR headsets, new computer platforms, new sort of technology at scale to allow people to create communities and create spaces in the, in the metaverse. That, as I touched on, the timeline for that, I'm not sure. I remember, yeah, uh, as a lawnmower man, this sort of trippy <laughs> VR hellscape video. And that was, imagine in the 80s, uh, like yeah. nearly 40 years ago, we've still been waiting for the new version of the metaverse. And obviously, the last couple of years, everyone got very excited, plowing a lot of money, only to realize that, in fact, the communities weren't quite there yet. As I've touched on, anywhere that people are connecting, creating and expressing themselves is a space that we at Movers and Shakers want to understand and to keep a finger on that pulse. Um, I think wherever culture is happening is where we need to be able to point our energy and understand it better and to, when the time is right, bring a brand there and explore how can we actually bring something to life creatively and bring some messaging to life um, in that particular space. You know, in the last couple of years, it's been great for PR. We sort of do a, a metaverse activation or do something with AR or NFTs. You perhaps wouldn't get the user base in that individual space, but you might get some good press hits. And if that's your objective and you go into it with an open mind and full knowledge about that, that's totally fine. And I think understanding what perhaps the secondary objectives are or what you're actually trying to achieve by going into the metaverse will allow people to create legitimate, authentic experiences, both for you as a marketer and hopefully for the communities there as well. Well, Tom, this has been super fascinating. Um, where can people find out more about you and Movers and Shakers? Thank you so much, Richard. This has been an absolute joy chatting with you. I appreciate your questions. Anyone can come and drop by our website. It's moversshakers.co or drop us an email, hi at moversshakers.co, or you can find me on LinkedIn, drop us a line. I love these questions. I love chatting about innovation, culture, the future. If you're working at a brand or you know, just wanna chat, come and find us. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts like this one, check out Advertising Week's growing roster of B2B programs at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.